Welcome to The 100 Podcast. and Charlie here with you. Hope you're well. Today, we're joined by Trevor Griffin, the head coach of the London Spirit. Trevor, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm very well. Thank you, Edward uh, and Charlie. Uh, thanks very much for, for having me on. Not at all. It's an absolute pleasure. Now, Trevor, to start off with, you've had what could only be described as a very unique path to coaching. You've gone from essentially being a banker to being one of the leading cricket coaches in the game. Can you kind of explain a little bit about how that's come about? Because it is a really fascinating journey for us. <laughs> yeah, it's probably a bit of a, a unique one. Um, certainly as a young, young kid, uh, all I wanted to be was a professional cricketer. Um, never, unfortunately, uh, uh, got the opportunity to, to realise my dream from a playing perspective. Um, had to, had to uh, uh, realise that I had to get a, a proper job um, and uh, had an opportunity to work in the financial services industry for, for 13 years. Um, but my passion for, for cricket and my love for cricket uh, uh, never went away. You know, I, uh, even, even, even when I spent hours on golf course, I always uh, uh, missed the, the playing the game. Um, but what I did enjoy within the financial services was people development. Um, and uh, when I got an opportunity at a local club to get involved uh, with helping out the junior section, uh, I just found that it married my two passions together, the, the, the love of the game and, and the people development. Uh, and from then on, I was just keen to grow and experience as much as I can and, and help to get uh, help develop my skills to be able to help other players enjoy this, this fantastic game and, and be the best that they can. And, um, any opportunity that came along, I, I certainly, you know, uh, took it. Um, unfortunately, my, my, my father passed away, um, left me some money, and, and I utilised that to go over to New Zealand, um, worked in Canterbury Cricket over there. Um, again, all about developing, developing myself and ultimately helping players. And, and from there, just built amazing relationships that, that gave me various opportunities to work in different parts of the game, and, you know, not just New Zealand, but... Australia with Sydney Thunder in the WBBL and uh, uh, Western Storm in the Kia Super League. Yeah, and obviously now the London Spirit. And I'm so interested in how you approach this role specifically because it is a completely new team, a completely new franchise and a completely new competition with a completely new squad. It must be a really interesting project. I'm kind of intrigued about how you've gone about, I guess, building an identity for this team as well as the roster and how you've worked with your squad to build up to this tournament. Yeah, that's... um... That's a great question because it's an interesting uh, story as well because the, the squad itself was actually uh, uh, contracted by Lisa Kitely uh, mm. prior to, to my appointment. So Lisa, Lisa was originally the London Spirit head coach, um, subsequently appointed England women's head coach, um, and then I was uh, appointed in um, May May time last last year, um, but at that point, out of fifteen contracts, fourteen of those had already been uh, been issued. So uh, it was a, a team that 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 I wasn't actually involved in in pulling together. Um, so that's that's been quite interesting in getting to understand a little bit more around the thinking and how that squad comes together and fits together. Um, the, the key things for me with the, the new sides is making sure that we understand each other, building those relationships. So, you know, getting to know the players as quickly as possible. So leading into to the competition, utilising what WhatsApp 
um, to catch up with players, um, being on the circuit, going out and watching county cricket alongside my role with the Sunrisers in terms of catching up with players um, that we were playing against. Uh, again, just building those relationships. So then when we did come together um, uh, earlier this month, it wasn't brand new as such that we did have relationships between myself and, and those players. Um, in terms of the culture and the environment, I'm quite big on letting the players grow that. So um, we engaged a number of them to get some thoughts around how how they feel we should play and what would be our, our key things to focus on as a group. Um, that was presented to our players on the first day that we were together. Um, and then that starts to just grow a little bit more organically um, within the group. I'm not a... I'd like to think I'm not a coach that will come in and say, this is how we're going to play. This is what we're going to do. This is how you're going to behave. It's something that's a lot more organic and driven by the players themselves. Sure. And, and I mean, on the pitch, you know, you can have the environment as much as you want. Obviously, it's very important, but ultimately the format is brand new. And that's something that I guess is, you know, it's a challenge to prepare for. I'm really curious how you've gone about preparing for that. Have you treated it essentially like T20 cricket or are you coming in with a whole new approach for this? Um, there are a lot of similarities. Um, you know, our, our analyst uh, did a great job um, and Kieran did a fantastic job early doors in terms of looking at some, some, some stats in relation to how does the T20 uh, game look against the, the T10? Is there some correlation between those formats? Um, what does... Uh, the Kia Super League T20 format, how did that compare to, say, the WBBL and how does that compare to international cricket? So we've got some comparisons to, to work from to give us a rough idea around um, some statistical side of things about how to go out and, and, and approach the game. Um, but having never played it before, you know, there was a lot of learning done in a short space of time. Um, we had four practice games. Um, and uh, they, between the first game and the last game, it was very different in terms of how quickly the players had grown in terms of the, the tactic side of things, uh, as well as actually just realising in its simplest form, this is bat v ball. Um, and, and to a degree, you know, that's, that's in essence not, not too, dis it's no different to, to the T20 side of things. It's batter versus bowler being very clear on your plans, what your options are, and then committing to, to those plans. And again, that's been a key message um, for myself and, and all the support staff and Heather, which is we want players to go out and play their brand of cricket. Um, and I think the one thing I would say about this 100 ball is we're also starting to see, see uh, how the competition grows. I think the early doors, the average score is about 130. We've had a couple of lower scores. We've also had a couple of 150s. Um, so uh, certainly over the rest of the competition, I think, you know, things around average scores are going to adjust slightly. Um, today's game, you know, what, what a great game today's was, another exciting one. We saw spin um, playing a major part within that game. Um, uh, so I think, you know, there will be certainly more information coming out around tactics of, uh, and matchups between batters and, and bowlers. 
Yeah, and those matchups, I, I guess, are kind of exacerbated by these new tactical nuances that we have in the 100. You have the five-ball sets, the opportunity to bowl somebody 10 deliveries in a row, the comparatively shorter power play. I'd be interested to, to hear about how you've gone about, I guess, approaching these new rules. But when I look at your squad, it's actually one that I think could you know, has that kind of variety to use these kind of things. You've got, for example, in your bowling attack, you know, the the pace of DeAndre Dottin, Fred Davies swings the ball up top and Deep Sharma is obviously a fantastic spinner. And then with your batting, you've got some real firepower up top and some obviously some firepower at the end and some just really quality players throughout. So I'd be interested to see how and kind of hear how you've kind of approached and thought out these new nuances like these 10 ball overs. Yeah, the, the ten ball, uh, the ten ball uh, spells uh, are quite an interesting one. Um, so all of our players, whenever we train, we we make sure that they uh, bowl in five balls, but also then at some point throw in a ten ball spell to get them used to that. And I can remember the first day we did that, and and Danny Gibson uh, uh, just looked at me when when she decided to do ten balls. Um, I think the spinners are quite happy. Not so sure about the the seam options running in for ten balls, um, especially if they've got to go up a hill as well. Um, in terms of like the tactics side of things, the the key key thing that we find or finding at the moment is the conversations are constantly happening within our dugout. You know, where are we in relation to where we want to be? Getting feedback in terms of what we think good score on the wickets are going to be. You know, we, we've chased in, in, in our three games so far, uh, but our practice games, we certainly utilise the communication in terms of what does the wicket look like? Where do we think we need to be as a pass score towards the end of the game? Um, then from there, just again, I have a chatting with Heather or my assistant coach, Michael Bates, around do we need to move uh, a power hitter up in, in somebody like Danny Gibson or do we hold her a bit longer and put somebody in like a... Uh, a Charlie Dean or an Amara Carr that's going to uh, hit into pockets, into, hit into space and run very well um, to keep the scoreboard moving over and hold back that power hitter for, for a little bit longer. So it, it's a constant conversation that, that we have. I think that's something that the players are also learning, to, uh, are learning about as well. You know, we have this process of like you bat number one you're number two and then we follow those numbers all the way down to number 11 with maybe the odd tweak but generally I think within our game players tend to like to know what number they are and what their role is going to be so as soon as we start to adjust that mid game it's about giving the players the confidence that you're still going to play your game you don't change from that the only thing that's changed is instead of a number eight you're now a number six or a number five I find I find uh, over in Australia they're probably a little bit further ahead than we are here in terms of that uh, that side of things that that players are a little bit more open to. My role is this is how I'm going to bat, so it doesn't actually matter what number I'm going to be, um, but when I go in, that's the role I'm going to play. Whereas I think uh, over here at the moment, um, our players are just much more conventional of what well, I'm a number four and this is my game and this is how I play. Um, so that's a, a big bit of learning that, that I think we're starting to see from, from with our players. Yeah. And I'm interested actually, I guess with those tactical nuances with the batting order, it's very easy for you, I guess, as the coach to decide because everyone's right there next to you, but with the bowling stuff, I guess that's very much a spur of the moment thing. And obviously you've got Heather Knight as captain and 
obviously one of the best captains out there. That's invaluable. But how do you go about discussing with Heather, I guess, the kind of scenarios? Do you do you think, well, okay, well, we look at this player's weakness against spin, and if Deepti Sharma's got her uh, kind of trapped down, we might use that there. Or does Heather kind of just have it in her mind and, I guess, go with the flow and the momentum of the game? I, I think there's... Um... I think there's a bit of both in there, Edward, to, to tell the truth. That our, again, our Kieran, the analyst, he pulls together some, some statistical information around matchups. Uh, Heather, myself, um, Tammy is our vice captain, and, and Michael Bates will be sitting together. We'll have some, some conversations around potential matchups. It comes up in our, our team meetings who we feel that it could be good matchups to, to opposition batters. Um, but generally, you know, somebody like Heather's a world-class leader, knows the game really well. Um, you know, there's times where you just get a gut feel and sometimes it is clearly around, right, this is a match-up. We've talked about bringing on a spinner to this batter. So as soon as they come in, you might, we're going to go spin to them uh, or vice versa, keep spin off and, and we try and keep pace onto them. So there will be those odd conversations, but, you know, certainly with Heather at, at, at the helm, you know, uh, you couldn't ask for, for a better captain to be out on the field. Of course. And it sounds like you've got a lot of bases covered on your squad. You know, you've really fought it through and you've got, I think, a really good base to go and win a lot of cricket matches. And that's something that you did really well uh, back in the KSL with Western Storm in your time there. And you really kind of created an environment that was, I guess, you know, a dominant force in that competition. So I guess my question is, how do you create that kind of consistent winning culture within a team? Yeah. Um, I, I got asked that recently and I found it quite difficult to, to answer because I think sometimes, you, you know, uh, it, it's just what I do and it's quite hard then to necessarily articulate it because it's like, well, we, this is what we do. I think the, the one thing that is consistent is that I talk a lot about the non-international players and the contribution that they make. The, non-inter- the international players will go out and do their thing. And we learned that very early within with Western Storm. But, you know, sometimes they don't come off. And, you know, it, it, it's then down to the non-international players. And we've seen that, you know, you know in our first game against Birmingham Phoenix, you know, uh, uh, Danny Gibson to go out there and she, she sat in the dugout beside me and she said, do you think that uh, um, I could reverse that? And that's one of her strengths. So we said, yeah, you know, go and do it. And she walked out there and I just knew that she was confident to go out and play that. It's something that's in her game. She plays it a lot. So I think that that's probably the big thing that relates to myself and, and similar with, with uh, Sydney Thunder. You know, it's the non-internationals that we really make sure are very clear on, on their role, that we give them confidence to go out and play their game. Um, uh, you know, and, that, and that's what we certainly focus on with, with, with London Spirit. You know, Charlie Dean has bowled beautifully for us with the ball. Uh, I've spoken about, you know, Danny Gibson. Um, you know, we saw what she did against overall Invincibles and how powerful she is with a bat. Um, uh, you know, we've also got Grace Scriven, 17-year-old, sitting on the bench that is pushing these players every single day in training, she's pushing everyone to be on that pitch. And, uh, you know, you can't ask for more than that. Um, but for me, it's, I think the winning formula, for, for want of better words, that I found for myself is that the non-internationals are, are the ones that we tend to focus a lot more on. 
that that's really interesting to me because obviously when you look at your side, it's very easy to get carried away with, oh, they've got DeAndre Dotton, Tammy Beaumont, Heather Knight, Chloe Tryon, all of these fantastic players. But as I said, I've been really impressed with the way Dean's bold and you've got a lot of quality there. I know you worked with the Marakar and Naomi Titani with a fantastic game. It's the first game at the Sunrisers. It, it really does feel like you've got a nice balance there. And that's actually a, a really interesting way of thinking about the game. So I've got to ask about those players. Obviously you've got some quality there and you've talked about a couple of them already, but who are those players in your squad? I guess the ones that maybe haven't played international cricket, maybe people haven't seen a great deal of. Who are those, who are those players that you're really excited to see come through and break through and take that next step? Yeah, I think uh, there's probably one that really stands out at the moment um, is Naomi Dittani. You know, she had, what, four years within the Kia Super League, a couple with um, uh, at Surrey Stars before joining myself um, at Western Storm. Um, batted probably mid-order, bowled the odd over here and there. And what we've seen is somebody now that's going out top of the order and he's starting to showcase uh, her strengths, how how well and how clean she can hit the ball as a left-hander, and you know looks to be positive. Um, so we, you know we're starting to see that, and and similar with Amara that you've mentioned, four years she sat on the bench uh, in the Kia Super League as a backup keeper to Rachel Priest, and she's had an opportunity to go out and showcase uh, her skills behind the stumps and. You know, her stumping um, in that first game that went between the stumps and the batter, you know, that, that, that's a quality take. Um, the way she moves down leg side and some of the stops that she had as well, I think one against Naomi Tatani the other day, uh, standing up with Naomi hitting mid-60s, you know, and the way she took that down leg side just shows the quality that, that she has. But I think Charlotte Head was talked about this um, on TV the other day, and she said, you know, ha- the, what is... What is really exciting about this competition is that we are seeing some high-class youngsters coming out and showcasing their skills with, with, without fear. You know, Alice Capsey against us just bat- had fearless cricket and 16 years of age to go out and do that at Lords in front of a, a, a crowd of 13,000 people that by the back end of the comp- uh, day was probably up to 20,000. I think it's just... Just what we needed within within England and within within our game, the women's game. Um, and uh, I think in a few years' time, you know, England are going to be a very strong team with a lot of players pushing to 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 break through into those international spots. Yeah, it's really interesting to hear you talk about domestic players because in the build-up to this tournament, a lot of the media and a lot of the the marketing push is about these big international guns coming through. But actually, I think both across the men's and women's uh, formats of this competition, we've seen really this tournament for me has been about the domestic players, younger players coming through and really making a name for themselves. Do you think that this particular format, this 100 competition, is a really good platform to give younger domestic players a chance to become tomorrow's superstars, I guess? Uh, uh, 100%. And this might sound a little bit controversial, but... Uh, I know that there's been some scepticism towards the 100 ball uh, and there was a lot of success with the Kia Super League uh, within our game. But this is the first time we've been able to have a competition where the men and the women's on a level playing field in terms of the stage that it's being put on. And we've got an opportunity now for, for these players, our domestic players, to go out and showcase how good they really are. And, you know, to, to hear here after the first game of the Invincibles uh, and the Originals, where um, 
the website for the 100 broke down in terms of ticket sales following that game. You know, that's phenomenal. And that's exactly what we needed to see because, you know, we have some, we play really good cricket, proper cricket in there. And I, I, again, I can just, just throw back to the Kia Super League. And I can remember talking to a parent who hadn't missed a game and they said they love coming to they like going to the men's game with all the razzmatazz and and you know hitting out the park but they actually find coming to our games uh better from a family perspective because they can relate to it you know the younger the, the young children can see the ball being bowled they can see it being hit the way the players move the pace of the game you know that's more relatable to what they what they, they can see and then go go and join clubs and, and so on and so forth from there. And, th- and that's great to hear. Um, but we're also seeing a wider crowd now come in and watch watch our games and realise that you know, our players do hit it a long way. They do actually bowl with good pace and good skills. And some of the fielding already we've seen within this competition is right up there. The way that you know players throw themselves around. You know, Tammy Beaumont's catch against um, Rachel Priest. Uh, the other day, running forward, diving catch. Uh, Danny Gibson on the boundary. Uh, you know, looks like she was just taking apples off the tree. Uh, yeah, that that for me is the benefits to this competition. And alongside that, you've then got your non your domestic players playing alongside the best cricketers in the world, and they're only going to learn from that. Uh, and yeah, and not not just within the women's game. You know, Owen Morgan was having a chat with Naomi Dutani the other day, and that's going to happen around all the competitions. You know, and how fantastic is that 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 these players are getting an opportunity to have conversations with some of the best players in the world, whether that's male or female, but they get an opportunity to learn and develop and show how great they are alongside them. Yeah, that's a, that's interesting. You mentioned the kind of discussions that they have with players because I think when I look at Naomi Dutani, there is a, I guess, a similar skill set to Deandra Dotting in the fact that they can be very aggressive batters, but also bowl. I guess it must be really valuable for someone like Naomi, who has obviously a lot of skill and is still, I guess, finding herself as a cricketer, to go to somebody with you know T20 international hundreds who has played all over the world. That must be a, a great personal thing, not just for development, but also, I guess, just to have the opportunity to to, to chat to those people. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. You know, you you're not going to get that 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 opportunity anywhere else are you to be able to have those those conversations and and interestingly it's not just the international with the domestic players it's the domestic players chatting to each other as well um so so the other day grace grivens was i don't know probably good 15 minutes chatting to charlie dean around her grip and her variation that she was bowling and then all of a sudden grace is holding the ball in a slightly different position and what does she get from from doing that as well um so, yeah, just exposing players to spend more time with each other and have these opportunities to have conversations is only going to make people better. Mm. And you mentioned previously uh, about your work with the Sydney Thunder and the Women's Big Bash. And obviously that is the most established women's franchise competition out there. And it's an incredibly high standard. Obviously you're the head coach of the Sydney Thunder. And I know you've worked, I think, if I'm not mistaken, you had both Heather Knight and Tammy Beaumont there with you as overseas players last time out, I think. That's right, yes. That, that familiarity with those guys and the experience they bring as international cricketers must be firstly really invaluable, I guess, to your side and the players you're working with, but also to you to have that 
familiarity with those guys and have you know leaders in the dressing room who've seen it all like that yeah yeah um so i've worked with what heather for five years um for western storm uh some bits in between through covid when england had their return to to play period i worked with heather then and then as you say back out in in Sydney Thunder last year and uh, Tammy I've known for for some time and last year was probably the first time I got to work with a a close up but um, the the benefit that that these players bring is they know or they know how I work I know how they work there's that trust there's that relationship um, between us and um, and again going back to the domestic players i think when they see um, heather go out and reverse sweep with two points in place you know that's her trusting her game and backing her skill that then gives confidence in my opinion to our domestic players to be able to go out and do exactly the same thing as well so it's not just what they contribute on the field it's their behaviors the way they talk um how they go about their games and preparing you know the the one thing that I would say that stands out for me with our international players in, in terms of like the England internationals, they lead by example really well. So there is this, Heather will come in, she'll have have her chats and a conversation and make sure everybody's happy and have a laugh and a joke. Then she, you can see she just switches on to, right, it's batting time now, I'm working on my skills. And then when she comes out the net, she'll have a chat with everybody. She'll be praising. She'll be talking about the game to players. And like cricket's finished. And then there'll be this, she's part of the team. And she has the fun and the enjoyment with the group as well. And that's exactly the same with Tammy and exactly the same with Freya. They certainly lead by, by example. And that's great for those domestic players to, to see how do you make sure that you don't become too serious, if that's the right word. You know, we, we played this game because we love playing the game with our mates and what we don't want to do now that we're players are getting players are getting paid and it's their job we don't want to take that fun away from it either you know that that's why we play the game is to have fun with our mates and we want to make sure we keep that as well yeah and i think it ed and i were at the very first game actually at the oval uh, for principles versus originals uh, it was a great atmosphere really great game to watch and i think that sense of fun really spilled over i think you know you could tell the players having fun and the people like us watching were having fun too it's a really nice atmosphere and it was great to watch I, I think you know the element of actually enjoying sport is just the most important thing crucially and i think that's a really good way to go about it yeah i i completely completely agree you know um uh, some of our training, um, we, we try to mix it up so that it's game-based stuff with the players as well. Uh, but we link it into into the into match scenarios. But we, we try and mix it up to make it fun and enjoyable as well. Um, so it might not be a, a, a scenario such as uh, you've got to score X number of runs off of X number of balls. It might be something as simple as you've got one ball and you've got to get a boundary off that, and we'll play the best of five. Uh, and at the end of it, there might be, okay, I'm one set up, now let's come up with another little game in there as well. And we want to have it as fun, uh, and but also competitive and developing their skills. But we play this game because we love it, and we enjoy being out on that park with our mates, and we want to have fun with each other when we do that. So we, we I certainly don't want us to lose that, that aspect. 
And that's very important. I think that is absolutely coming across great. And from what we've seen, the, the standard so far has been really good. And obviously, you know, you've got great experience of the, the WBBL, which I think it's fair to say currently is probably the most established women's domestic tournament in the world. How do you think the 100 is comparing to that standard-wise? That is a really good question. I'm going to be brutally honest. I haven't really reflected too much on that, um, partly because it is it is a slightly different format, you know, one, uh, t- the T20 versus the 100 ball. Um, but I think the one thing that I would say is, you know, it, it, was, it was a shame the Australian internationals uh, uh, pulled out from, from uh, coming over. But we've got a number of Australian players that have come over that have had vast experience within the WBBL, maybe around the Australian uh, setup, but not quite a contracted Australian player. And they've come o- come over and also added to the game as well. So I think that probably shows that where the WBBL is at is that those domestic players have come in and actually had an impact on the game. You know, uh, Georgia Redmayne today at Welsh Fire alongside uh, Hayley Matthews. Sammy Joe Johnson bowled beautifully for Trent Rockets, unfortunately, against us. Um, so, you know, I think that's probably shown the depth that there is within the WBBL is that the domestic players are coming over as overseas and having an influence within the game. Mm. I guess, obviously, it's an established competition. The standard of Australian cricket is really great, and that's something to aspire to. But anecdotally, from my end, having gone to see some KSL through the years, it does feel like this tournament has definitely been a, a step up in terms of, I guess, the runs scored, but also the quality of players. For example, the Southern Brave go out there opening the bowling with Anya Shrubsole and then Lauren Bell as a star. Amanda J. Wellington, incredible leg spinner. And then their top order has Danny Wyatt, Smitty Mandana, Sophia Dunkley. It does feel like every team has that. And it, it definitely does feel like not only the standard of, you know, the competition, but also just the, the level and quality of the English players has definitely come along and the standard of cricket has come along. And it feels like over the last two or three years, it's really, really accelerated. And the, and the cricket's been fantastic. Yeah. Uh, first of all, thanks for reminding me of the team that we're playing tomorrow. <laughs> 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 um, uh, I, I completely agree. You know, the Kia Super League, I think, was a great stepping stone exposing those county players to a semi-professional environment in a short window of five to six weeks over the summer uh, with an opportunity to be around international players. I think that was that was a great stepping stone. Um, now we've got, what, 46 uh, fully uh, professional cricketers around the country that are being exposed to more coaching, better coaching. We're playing on better wickets. Um, and that is going to only have a positive impact uh, as well. And I think we're seeing that come through. And now that there is a, a, a career path for aspiring cricketers, that's only going to drive the standard up more because we're going to see those players underneath the contracted ones want a contract. They're going to want one of those places. So they're going to be working harder. They're going to be looking at their game and looking at how do they get better at doing that. And that's going to then push on those players already have a contract because they're not going to want to lose it. Um, and I think you know, that, that's, that's where Australia, in my opinion, have the slight edge is that you know, they've had fully professional cricketers for a number of years now and we're only just starting to introduce that. So we're a couple of years behind that side of things. What I would say is where I think we are slightly ahead of the game now with 
compared to Australia is our domestic cricketers are going to be playing more more games of cricket. So in Australia at the moment, they train all year round. They play eight WNCL games, so eight 50 over games. Um, and then they play within the WBBL. So that's what, 14, 14 games. So they play 22 games of cricket within a year, excluding their uh, club cricket they play. But in terms of under professional banner, they're playing 22 games. We've now got a structure where our, our 46 contracted players uh, around the country are playing uh, 750 over uh, games plus the qualifiers and finals, but let's say a minimum of seven of those. They're playing eight uh, T20 matches or seven T20s, so that's 14 games. And then they're playing another uh, eight fixtures within the T20s here, uh, sorry, in the 100 balls here. So again, they're hitting 22 games already, and that's only going to grow, in my opinion. So it's great that we're exposing our, our our players to more coaching and more opportunity. The bit for me that's missing at the moment is we still need to increase the number of games that they're playing because um, that's the only way these these players are going to get better is technically their skills are very good. Tactically, that's the area I think we, we can do a little bit more. And so, you know, playing more fixtures can only be a good thing. Yeah, and we've we've really enjoyed watching the Windsor and watching the Spirit play. It's really been fantastic. And it's great to hear you chat about it, Trevor. So thank you for coming on. I've got to ask finally, though, obviously you've got so much great stuff going on, but what's been, I guess, your favourite aspect of coaching in the 100? What have you enjoyed most? Because obviously coaching at Lord's, obviously fantastic. Having all these brilliant players, it, it must be really special. So, so how much have you enjoyed it? And I guess what, what's your favourite part of it been so far? I think it I think when you're in the competition sometimes you just get immersed within it that you don't necessarily take it all in and that that is a tough thing to make make sure that you do embrace the competition and and you know take as many of these moments in as possible playing in front of 13,000 uh, at Lords was just just phenomenal um we took the players and the staff we had a, a Lords tour uh, on our first day uh, and 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 seeing you know the the ashes urn and um, that you know the are moments that are going to stay with me for a long time. But I guess on the pitch, key things like Danny Gibson going out and winning that our first game for us under pressure, um, and uh, seeing Freya's uh, slower ball against uh, uh, Shafali, you know, and executing that skill. So I've I've known Freya probably longer than Heather, actually. I've probably known Freya for eight years and worked with her at Exeter University. And to see her grow from being probably a, a, a backup bowler to Anya at Western Storm to 2019 being our lead bowler at Western Storm and now leading the tack here. Um, that they're, they're little moments that are going to stay with me, but there's also stuff off the field that will stay with me in terms of the fun and the enjoyment uh, as a group, and that goes probably right back to to your first question around creating that environment, that culture, that togetherness with the team, and it's a lot of the things that happen off the field um, that starts to build that that togetherness as a team. Um, and there's those sorts of moments that will stay with me for for a very long time. Yeah, well, Trevor, thank you so much for joining us. It really has been a pleasure to chat. I think we've learned a lot. And um, best of luck against the Southern Brave tomorrow. We're backing you. We're backing you. And uh, thank you for coming on. Edward, Charlie, thank you very much for, for having me on. Uh, we haven't quite fired yet. Probably we've, we've 
the with the bat compared to what we saw with the the practice games. But uh, you know, the girls are working hard, and you know, we're certainly not far away, and we're going to go out there and give it everything we got tomorrow. So uh, yeah, uh, hopefully we'll get back on the winning way, and and then we'll be off for the rest of the competition. Thank you very much for listening to the podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Podcast 100. We've got loads of clips there, loads of different stuff going on. So make sure to follow us there. And please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. We'd love to know what you think and uh, it would really help us out. So thank you very much for listening to the 100 podcast and we'll speak to you next time.